you know, the work of Christmas is to continue to proclaim Jesus in the dark corners of humanity, mm-hmm. in the darkness of our own homes, everywhere in need of redemption, even and maybe especially in our in our own hearts. Welcome to Beyond Sunday, a podcast for parents like us, striving to weave the Sunday experience into the everyday moments of our week. I'm your co-host, Nicole Joyce. And I'm Rocky McCormick, your other co-host. Pull up a chair, grab your favorite beverages, or fold the laundry if you must, but join us as we talk, laugh, and sometimes cry about our experiences raising Catholic families and discovering God within our everyday lives. All right, Nicole, I think we're at the true confession moment. You got anything? Here we go. Ordinary time. Confession. I am kind of sad that it's ordinary time. I know we have to live the liturgical calendar. Yes. I know everyone here is living liturgically in some form or another. We're in the church, so we're living liturgically. But I'm a little bummed about... Knowing that when I walk into Mass on mm. Sunday, all the decorations yeah. are going to be gone, all the lights and the banners will be down, and everything will just be green. And not outside. <laughs> <laughs> and not outside, because outside, everything is still gray. It's winter. <laughs> Welcome oh, to ordinary time. Know, right? Where it's dull and gray. No, that's not true. And we're going to talk about that a little bit. But for me, I got to confess, we had to go back to school and I kind of miss sleeping in. It's sad, right? It is. Mm -hmm. Because we're both in, you know, my husband teaches, I teach and work at the parish. All three kids are in school now. So we're back to a very grace-filled morning routine trying to get the children to school. Right? Like it was one thing to have some holiday let down after mm-hmm. New Year's, but then it's a totally separate thing to like have to go back to all that hustle and mm-hmm. real world stuff. Yeah. That's just so, it can be mundane, really. And like for most of us, our trees are down, packed away. P.S. Rocky, is your tree still up? It is still up. Oh, she's going to make it to February, it folks. It's going to make it to February. Okay. Good. Good. All right. Okay. You just ask me in April if it's still up. That's the trick. <laughs> so if it's still up when we get to Lent, we should probably talk again, maybe. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Or it can be or a Lent Easter. tree. Easter. An mean, Easter tree. <laughs> we'll just keep decorating with all the seasons. <laughs> so yeah. So my question for today yeah. is what can we do to maybe try to look at this from another angle? Like one thing that kind of always works for me when I'm feeling super bummed about shifting back into like this normal everyday routine Mm -hmm. um, is to think about getting back to work in a more positive way. And I have this really beautiful poem written by Howard Thurman. And I just want to read it to you because it's short. And it says, when the song of the angels is stilled, when the star in the sky is gone, when the kings and princes are home, when the shepherds are back with their flock, The work of Christmas begins to find the lost, to heal the broken, to feed the hungry, to release the prisoner, to rebuild the nations, to bring peace among others, to make music in the heart. Mm. That's beautiful. I love, love that you share this poem. I saw it circulating on social media a few years ago, and I've returned to it many, many times. I mean, it's such a beautiful answer to the question, now what? 
And the second half calls to mind Mary's Magnificat, which we talked about a little bit. It calls to mind Jesus' first proclamation of the kingdom of God. Yes. And well, you gotta love that, right? Because right. we're on mission with Jesus. Um, and I don't think that that's by accident. You know, the work of Christmas is to continue to proclaim Jesus in the dark corners of humanity, mm-hmm. in the darkness of our own homes, everywhere in need of redemption, even and maybe especially in our in our own hearts. Yeah, and I really love how it helps us remember that Christmas is just the beginning of this much bigger, grand story. Mm. You know that we're we're followers of Christ. That's 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 where our name comes from, and so we're called to be Christ in the world, not just during Advent, not just during Christmas season, mm-hmm. or even during Lent, but like during ordinary time too. And that's such a good way for us to frame getting back to work. Yeah, and you know those other liturgical times, you know, they are seasons of celebration or preparation, but celebration of what Christ did and preparation to continue to do the work. It also calls to mind, I want to talk about Dr. Thurman here in just a minute, but um, it calls to mind, I saw this beautiful video about women feeling invisible. Mm. And I'm not going to remember what the name of it was <laughs> right now. But if you look up Invisible Woman, it might have just been Invisible Woman. Okay. But it talks about how a lot of the work that we do as families and as moms and as wives and as, as mothers happens out of the public eye. And so there is this tendency, I think, for moms and women to start to feel invisible, like everything we do goes unappreciated. But the fruit of that work is building up our families and our children in the mm. world. And I think a lot of this work in ordinary time can feel, oh, what's a good word for it? I don't know, like thankless? Yeah, or fruitless. Fruitless, <laughs> right? Or like there's no pomp and circumstance behind it. You just, you get to work. You roll up the sleeves and you get to work. Because you're playing the long game, right? There's right. no like instant gratification. Well, right. And that's, again, a podcast for another day. Because <laughs> we live in a culture that wants to, say, you know, you want the picture perfect moment and you want the fruit of the work and you want it now. Yeah. But we are all called to be in a different part of that process. Maybe we're just planting seeds. Maybe mm-hmm. we don't even have the seed. Maybe we're just starting to loosen the soil. Yeah. That that work is going to grow in. Like we don't even have the seed yet. Yes. And so a lot of times it's hard work. It's thankless work. Mm-hmm. And going back to Dr. Thurman, who wrote that beautiful poem, you know, he was no stranger to all of that with his work in the early civil rights movement. Mm -hmm. You know, on Monday, we celebrate the life and legacy of Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. But I'm not sure how many people in general are aware of the great impact that Howard Thurman had on him. I know I wasn't until a few years ago, but it was Dr. Thurman who actually met Gandhi back in the 1930s. Wow. And on a trip to South Asia, and he became so moved by his campaign of nonviolence and seeking independence from the British, as as India was seeking independence from the British, that his love of that process and his um, his fascination with that and his commitment to bring that back here was what then influenced Dr. King when they were both together at Boston College. Yes. Wow. That is remarkable. Right. So Dr. Thurman had this profound impact on Dr. King, whose own philosophy of nonviolent resistance, as well as other many prominent leaders in the civil rights movement. And what I love about that, too, is that here is Dr. King in the limelight. Most people don't know the story of Dr. Thurman, but his work was no less important. And I think that that's kind of a beautiful thing about ordinary time as well, you know, some of it is just going to be behind the scenes. Sure. But it's going to give life to those things that do bear fruit and people can see mm. in the future. Mm. 
And I think it's a beautiful accident that our return to ordinary time coincides with our observance of the work of Dr. King and the critical work of the civil rights movement and our own work in the church toward restoration and reconciliation and justice. Because we all want that, right? Right. We all all know his his moment when he says, I have a dream. We all know how important that movement was. Right. And it's no different from the gospel. Yes. You know, where it says all, you know, you shall make straight all the paths. Mm-hmm. That we're going to return to this just place, that place where everything is fair and good. And, you know, our kids, mm-hmm. come on, our kids know this. It's ingrained in them. How many times do I hear, that's not fair? I mean, yes. The fact that they can't have just ice cream for dinner <laughs> may very well be fair. But they feel that it's an injustice, and they are going to let you know that that is not how they envision life to be. Yes. Yeah, you know, that desire for justice is so ingrained in us from a young age. Mm -hmm. And I actually have a lot of personal experience with this, Mm. living in the United States as an Asian American, of course. Yeah. Um, But really recently, one of my own kids had an experience that really brought out his deep desire and sense of justice and I asked him if it was okay if I share this with you and and he said yes um he gave me his blessing so you know for your 13 year old eighth grade son to be like yes go ahead and share this very personal story (laughs) with the world (laughs) like that's how strongly he felt that people needed to hear this injustice that Mm. he had experienced okay so he um recently was in class and had another student use um a racially derogatory term Mm. um, in front of him. And let's just say he didn't handle it well. (laughs) He's 13. He's 13. You know, he's... He's got a lot of hormones happening, but even more so, like that whole like adult brain development thing. The has frontal not lobe com- has not completely no been formed, prefrontal, right? cortex. Yeah, prefrontal cortex. My, yeah. we, he likes to call that his applesauce brain. He says that his prefrontal cortex is like applesauce right now. It's not <laughs> super good at filtering things, right? Um, he's very aware of his brain development, so he was like, so after after this happened, he did not handle it well. He came home and told me about it, and he was like, "Mom, like I'm really sorry. Like I I know." I could have handled that better. But when he said that, I was just so angry. Like, Mm. I don't, I don't even fully remember, like, how I got from where I was to where Mm -hmm. I ended up before this whole thing was over, you know? Mm -hmm. And so we had a lot of talks afterwards. Like, our conversation at first was just about how, like, this kind of experience makes us feel a lot of emotions all at once. Mm -hmm. And it can be really difficult to see through our anger or our disappointment or our hurt um, Mm -hmm. so that we can call out the injustice in a way that's actually like productive, fruitful, contributes to progress away from injustice. But then also how um, when we do figure out how to better respond to those experiences, that's an opportunity for us to really bear Christ in the world and really be uh, an agent of of justice in a way that is Christian and life-giving right. and drawing more people to the Lord. Right. So we had a number of conversations. I'm not, it <laughs> was not just one, <laughs> right? <laughs> but, but I really, I could see that in him, like, and I was so appreciative of it. Mm-hmm. So what I told him, I think it was like two days later even, yeah. was, you know, we both agree. You probably could have handled that differently. And I'm glad that you recognize that. And I'm glad that you were willing to take responsibility for your decision to act in the way you did. Right. But I want, I really want to make sure that 
the end message here is a positive one. So what I said was, I want you to know that regardless of how you might have handled this better, mm-hmm. I'm really glad you spoke up and said something. Yeah. Because imagine if you hadn't. Right. You know, imagine if you had just sat there and let someone use these, this kind of language to talk about other people right right these are, are children cri- of god right image bearers yes. of the divine yes i yeah. said and so i want you to know that despite this you know questionable initial <laughs> response your applesauce brain reaction yes your applesauce brain reaction that i am so proud of you yeah. for speaking up and i appreciate that you did that because i know that you were speaking up for all of us right right you were saying for all of us that that we as people as sons and daughters of god we mm-hmm. deserve to be treated with dignity well, and I even think like back to the act of contrition, like we're sorry, not just for what we did, but for failing to do good and failing to do good yes. is also a breach of that relationship. Yes. So yeah, applesauce brain, but good intention. Yes, exactly. Like right. that, but that deep sense of that was just, I was so proud of that, that he even was willing to say like, I just, I knew it was wrong and I had to do something like, like don't ever like... I never want to discourage my kids from from acting on that. If they feel strongly about something and they know it's right, I never want to say, okay, but you shouldn't do anything about right. it. Right? Like if you right. spot an injustice, don't be afraid to call it out. Mm-hmm. We can work on what that looks right. like. But don't ever be afraid to no. call it out. Right? But then always make sure that that response is one that's done in love and one that is really rooted in your faith. Yeah. And Archbishop talks about this actually. Archbishop Vigneron wrote a letter in 2018 called Agents for the New Creation. Mm-hmm. And he actually says in there, you know, how our differences aren't dissolved in Christ. They're celebrated mm-hmm. as different unique gifts we have. And he says, and this is a quote, as we seek to build a more just society, one in which we can truly say, that racism has been defeated, mm-hmm. we must begin as Christians with our personal commitment to Jesus Christ. It's by imitating him that I can provide a credible witness to the world. And I want that to be the message my kids receive. Right. Like, yes, speak up, but make sure that you do it in love and make mm-hmm. sure that it's motivated by your faith. Right. And it needs to be rooted in Christ because that is our call. You know, and I talk about this with my kids a lot too, that our response always has to be for the gospel. Yes. Like it's for the gospel. Like we can get into it for a temporal end, but that isn't all that there is, right? Um, And so like in the gospel this Sunday, we hear the testimony of John the Baptist, who's also one of my favorites. I have a lot of favorites. We'll (laughs) we'll find this out. But I love John the Baptist. He's so deliciously weird. Um, (laughs) He reveals to everyone that Jesus is the Lamb of God sent to take away our sins. And sure, none of us like to dwell on our sins, or maybe some of us do, but that's a little weird too. Um, I do spend quality time talking to my kids and my students about right relationship, which is how I explain justice to them because I think it can get, it's a nebulous term. Like all words today, they have a lot of different meanings and depending on where you hear it, it means something different. But when we're talking from the gospel perspective, I feel like the best way to explain that is a restoration of right relationship. Mm. In the fall, what Adam and Eve did destroyed our right relationship with God. And so we are seeking to restore that. And ultimately, Jesus comes to restore that. But when we talk about the common good and not just how our actions affect us, but how they affect every relationship, just like original sin affects everything with God, with our families, with our neighbors, even strangers and people we haven't met. I mean, it's easy to think, eh, my sins aren't that bad. But 
like the truth is that all of it contributes to the environment that we're in and to a breakdown of relationships. So even the smallest breach mm-hmm. is still a breach. Yeah. And that, you know, that makes me think of like our our parents listening with littles, mm-hmm. you know, like when, when we have tiny people yeah. and and we try to get them to say they're sorry. Like, okay, say you're sorry. You know, you shouldn't have done that. Yeah. And sometimes they're like a little resentful, like, I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. Right? You That's know, that we always hear. They make, sorry. Sorry. Or like one time, one of mine was like, sorry, bro. And just like, <laughs> just like <laughs> I am not your bro. Mm, <laughs> let's work on that. But there's, but there's like, we're still trying to point them to mm-hmm. it, even though we're not. 100% there like their their sense of justice is yeah. in there but they just haven't fully formed it but like just getting in that habit of knowing like yes I do need to acknowledge that I probably am not in right relationship yeah, and whatever way somebody that looks somehow. for my four year right. old like that's good that's a good start yeah yes or even in right relationship with ourselves like it harms us mm. too it 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 injures the image of who we're supposed to be as Christ bearers. You know, we talked about being tabernacles of the Holy Spirit. What does that mean for us? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, you know, sin's not fun to talk about, but I do think that it's important to look at it at the right perspective. Yeah. Because we are all sinners on yeah. this side of heaven. All of us. Right. Even the best, even the saints were sinners. So, so, so on that topic of, mm-hmm. like, restoring that relationship, being little tabernacles in the world, bringing Christ out there, being a living witness to justice and, mm-hmm. and bringing Jesus out there as we do that. Um, what are some things that you think are helpful for our families that we can be doing? Like if we want to do something to really celebrate mm-hmm. Dr. Martin Luther King, like what yeah. is something that we can be doing there? Do you have any thoughts? Well, you know, I think this goes back to, to the Archbishop's letter. And I think the first place I would like to start is maybe a little more spiritual and not always the the first reaction that people have but i think that we need to be prayerful about what it is we're being called to do we're not being called to act just just act we're being called to act intentionally sure. and one thing that i used to do with my kids when they were little at bedtime is to do a daily examine but i'd bring it down to their level so we would take a look at you know what's one way that god blessed you today where was god present okay now where is one place that maybe you felt a little distant from god what could you have done a little better and then, you know, what are we inviting God to help us with? I love that really gentle approach of like, is there something you could have done better? Yeah. Because sometimes when we say like, what's something you want to say you're sorry for? Right. When they're little, they're like, I don't know. I'm, I'm not another. sorry. I'm not <laughs> sorry. I'm not sorry. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I wanted the candy. It's mine. I'm good. <laughs> right. right. Like when they're yeah. little, they don't have that. So no. like really bringing it and being so gentle, like what's something maybe we could have done it better. Well, and clearly that worked with my 13 year old. Right. Right. Too, right? Like, right. how could you have handled this differently? Yeah. And that was what he needed. He didn't need me to like reprimand him for mm-hmm. responding in the wrong way, right? Yeah. He he knew, right? Obviously, <laughs> but he needed to reframe it, yeah. right? Because that's hard sometimes when you've when you've experienced like when you are the object mm-hmm. of the injustice, right? It's really hard to bring yourself to a point and be like, oh yeah, I feel really bad that I responded negatively. That like that's no. a long jump for most right. of us, especially when you're the well, one. There is such a thing as righteous anger. Anger yes. too, and I don't want to dismiss that there is such a thing as righteous anger. Oh my gosh, but you know, he actually never said that to destroy. He actually said that to me. He's Dude. like, he's like, but mom, Jesus threw tables. Well, <laughs> yes, but hey, we're not Jesus, and two, we're not cleansing the temple. Amen. Right? <laughs> I was like, okay, let's back it up a little bit. <laughs> I'm sorry. Are you saying you're Jesus? Because that's that's a whole other conversation, <laughs> right? So like, yeah. So like, yes, that that's true. But like, yeah. w- could we have done this better? I think that's a really, really fruitful and like gentle way to start that conversation when we haven't 
had it before. Yeah. But like even as a family to take a look at how are we living in the world and in what ways could we do so in a way that helps some of our brothers and sisters who do face injustice, who might be suffering from poverty, might be suffering from racism, might be suffering at the hands of people who are uh, unjustly treating them some in some way, shape or form. I mean, there's we live in a very broken world. And we're not going to sit here and list all the unjust things going yeah. on. But our families are called to be light. Yes. And so how do we as a family, one, make sure we're not participating in that, and then two, become light? Yes. So I think um, I think a really great way to, to think about that as we approach um, this new ordinary time experience <laughs> and remembering Dr. Martin Luther King is to think about something that we could do outwardly, mm-hmm. you know, to, to show and, and, and kind of display almost or witness the fruits mm-hmm. of what it means to be living in Christ and be, and be a warrior for justice informed by our faith. Right. So one of the things that's really great here in the Archdiocese of Detroit that's been going on for a really long time is MLK Service Day, yeah. where young people in particular, but anybody in a parish can get connected to their parish and offer to do um, any type of act of mercy or service around their area and really work on building up their community and showing that we have care for all of these people, that we that we want our mission and our message to always be one of truth and love. Right. And so you can go to the, the Archdiocese of Detroit website and you can click on MLK Service Day and you can see um, different ideas for service that you can do in your own home or in your neighborhood or in your mm-hmm. community or you can check out your parish too because your parish might already have something set up. And and also to remember, it's not just one day. Right. So like if you're hearing this on Friday afternoon and you're like, oh my gosh, MLK Day is on Monday. Okay. I don't have time. That's it doesn't have okay. To be that day. We should yeah. be doing this all, all the, the time. time. Right. It's part of the call of the Christian life. Yes. And I think too, as we're talking about restoring relationship and, and creating that right relationship to examine who we are in relationship with. As a body of Christ, we have a very diverse body, even here in the archdiocese, especially here in the archdiocese, yeah. and to maybe explore some areas of, of, of that community that we haven't before, to be able to see a fuller picture of what the body of Christ looks like as a family. You know, I love going down, we used to go when St. Cecilia's was St. Cecilia. Yes. <laughs> Back in the day, you know, go down there for mass to experience mass through the experience of a black Catholic. Mm-hmm. Um, we have Asian Catholic communities as well. We have Native American Catholics. We have such a broad, broad spectrum of nationalities, of spiritualities, yeah. and to really, to begin to see the bigger picture of what the body of Christ looks like and to expose our families to that. Because the more we expose ourselves to those different ways of being with Christ, I think the greater our empathy becomes too yes. for people who might be experiencing injustice. Yes, and recognizing Christ in them. Right. Yeah. Right. And it no longer is the other, mm-hmm. but their family. Oh, I love that. I love that. And for for like our our little families yeah. with, with tiny people. Yeah. Um, we've always found that food is a really great Absolutely. way to explore that. Like who doesn't want to go somewhere and eat some delicious food right. from somewhere where we're not used to being around yep. it, right? So like we have so much of that here in Detroit. We have yep. so many great international places that you can try. Like, Absolutely. And, 
And of course, none of us wants to raise a picky eater. No. So like this is a really serious pro tip on two sides, right? Like we're living liturgically. Yes. But also we're teaching our kids that trying new things isn't that so scary. An, an adventurous palate as yes. well. Yes. And we do that in our school. We have a uh, after school club that does that. And it looks at like the different food of the different cultures that are present in our community. And then we tie in the saints that are present from those cultures. Yes. And so it's just a really... Night, like it's just a fun way to engage our children into understanding what that full picture looks like. Yes, and really appreciating all mm-hmm. those facets that come yeah. with it. Wow! Because you know Jesus is like came to save the world, right? Yes. The whole world. The whole world. That's one question I ask my students all the time: Who did Jesus come for? Everyone, Mrs. McCormick. <laughs> everyone, I'm like that's right. <laughs> Everyone. <laughs> so. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So so as we're wrapping up here, our invitation to you is to really think about what is it that you can do to start serving justice, to start um, being just and, and, and witnessing to the justice that God calls us to in a way that shares the love of Christ with the people in our community, in our churches, and in our own families. And, and remember to... We're never saying that you should just do a whole bunch of extra things. You don't have to no, do no. all the things, right? Where can you start right now? Something small. Start with the right. spiritual. Start with that one small act of service. Start with knowing your neighbor. I mean, yes. honestly, it can be as, as small as getting to know a few of the people you don't already know in your neighborhood. Yes. We can do it. Go to We you. can. Yay. And yet, well, you know what? That's true, though. Like, we don't have to do it alone. Grab another family. Yeah. Do it together. Mm-hmm. There's, there's safety in numbers when you're doing things that you're uncomfortable with. <laughs> exactly. And I think it's okay to be uncomfortable. Yes. Because the spirit is working in that discomfort mm-hmm. and stretching us and growing us. Mm-hmm. So I want you to not be afraid of, of being uncomfortable. And I say that to myself more than anyone else. <laughs> right. I'm a creature of comfort. <laughs> so no one wants to be uncomfortable. But sometimes it's not such a bad thing. Right. All right. Well, thank you for listening to Beyond Sunday. As we're heading into Ordinary Time and the Martin Luther King Jr. holiday weekend, we hope you and your families are empowered to be bold witnesses to the work of peace that restores and renews our communities and our church. Find more episodes at 52sundays.com slash podcast or subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.